What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 198 of the Game Explained Real Talk podcast. As always, I'm your host, Derek Bittner, and this time I'm joined by John Cartwright, and only John because uh, we're a little late to post this. We're, it's actually pretty early in the morning for everybody else, so we're just like, let's crank this out uh, because yesterday was surprisingly busy. We were doing our game club recording because that kept getting delayed because of uh, family issues. Everybody's fine, uh, all regards to that. Uh, but then we also decided we wanted to do that rumor that rumored uh direct <laughs> or direct mini or whatever the rumor is on the 20th and probably should record that so we have something for the saturday which you know some of you probably have enjoyed that already or uh if it you know with this coming out on monday the direct might or might not have already happened who knows it's all a mystery mm. <laughs> yeah so it's an intimate podcast just derek and i this week um derek i've been playing ghost of tsushima quite a bit Ah. Uh, and Steve actually did a review for us he's done a review, I think he has some gameplay up as well and I'm torn on this game, I think it's fun but there's also some big issues and Steve noted some of these in the review but I think they impacted me a bit more than him uh, so there's, in the combat, there's no lock-on, which is really weird So it's it's a it's very similar to a game like Sekiro where uh, it's a hack and slash, I'd kind of call it there's a bit more depth than that but um, you're you're often in groups of enemies where there's like seven coming at you at once, and the camera doesn't move. The camera's static the entire time, so you're always in manual control. Uh, mm-hmm. And sometimes your player will like they'll gravitate towards the nearest character, but there's no way to lock onto them, and it, it just feels very weird. It, when you said were saying about that, it did seem extremely odd because that just seems like such a basic function and feature. Uh, you know, you can always get, you know, it's a lock one. And granted, I, I know they're trying to be minimalistic with that, but there's still, still a way for the, just the camera to focus on that person and not have any kind of HUD related to it. Uh, I've, I've been keeping an eye out on what people think of Ghost of Tsushima because I was interested after that presentation. Mm. I was like, this looks really good. Uh, kind of a little cold one anymore based on your and Steve's impressions. I'm sure it's still fine, but it's not something I need to go out and get uh, right away. But I've seen generally on Twitter, people seem to be pretty happy with it. Uh, But it might be one of those games that gives a good first impression and then kind of peters out as you go along. Perhaps. There's a great photo mode. The photo mode's outstanding. Mm -hmm. I'd say for the most part, it's a jack-of-all-trades and doesn't really master any of them. Like there's, it's not a bad game. I wouldn't say there's any area where it's flat out bad, but uh, it it just kind of feels a lot like your typical open world game. And uh, one one area where, where it is really cool though is the traversal. Like not having any waypoints or mini map that really opens up your eyes and makes you take in your surroundings. And I love that the wind is basically a natural waypoint. I think that's really clever, but it just doesn't quite land everything. It's it's good, but I don't, I wouldn't call it much more than good though. Mm-hmm. It's uh, one of those games if you have a bit of a lull, like, you know, this is a good filler yeah. game to enjoy, or maybe Last of Us Part Two isn't your thing, and you want you still want action, but uh, or a new Sony game, but you don't want the intensity or or the dourness of Last of Us, which I still haven't yet to play. <laughs> so Yeah, same. It's, it's weird, because I love The Last of Us. I thought the first one was one of the PS3's best games, but I just haven't had any will to play Part Two yet it's more time for me it's just always something going on that i need to 
uh, crack down on and uh, take care of. I mean, uh, this past week it was Curse of the Moon 2, which in the course of, I'd say like a week, I've beaten it seven times. So, Jeez. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, it's a bit ridiculous because you have that multiple playthroughs thing. So I did it for the review and then I did it for the uh, stream and... Yeah, I, I'm good on that game for a while. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. uh, it's good stuff. Uh, I'd say I'd say a little bit better than the original, but it, it definitely has some, it's the difficulty has definitely increased over that, and uh, there's some aspects to it that do bring it down a little bit. But I still like it's still a great follow up. So. It has a playable corgi. What can go wrong? Yeah, and he's the best character. Like he can, <laughs> he can break bosses in half. You have enough uh, weapon energy. Uh, his, his he doesn't get any sub weapons or anything like that. But his special ability is allow, allows him to uh, eventually, essentially, go invincible and will not not take any damage whatsoever. Uh, it drains your weapon energy like crazy. But if you got the timing down for the boss and know you know when to put it on, so you can not take the damage, you can tear through them no issue. It is. Mm-hmm. He is the best character. <laughs> I really want to give this a go. I actually I played through the eight bit game and I I, um, I backed the Kickstarter for the primary game mm-hmm. and I've got the physical edition, but I've barely touched it. Oh, so no. I've played through Curse of the Moon, but I've not played through the actual Bloodstained. Uh, is, is it Ritual of the Night? Yes. Yeah, I've not. I barely touched that, but I've, <laughs> I have played the spin off. Which, so which maybe ver- I should give the sequel a go. Which version of uh, Ritual of the Night did you pick up? Well, I think that's the reason I haven't really touched it. I picked up the Switch version. Oh, yeah. I've not played that version myself. I know they've spent a lot of time trying to get that version up to snuff, so it might be better at this point. Uh, I'm not really sure. I, Ritual of the Night is fantastic, though, especially if you're in the mood for a you know Symphony of the Night-like experience. Uh, there's a lot of things to really enjoy about the game. It's, it's, it's pretty high quality, I'd say. Yeah, it, it seems to be. I do want to give it a go, so maybe maybe this coming, well, maybe next weekend I'll give it a shot. Um, this week, though, I've been occupied with visiting or revisiting the Puzzle League series. So I imported the Japanese Nintendo Puzzle Collection, which has paneled upon Dr. Mario and Yoshi's Cookie. And I've wanted this for a long time, and a big reason for that is because a lot of these games aren't just compilations, they're actual sequels. Oh, so wow. paneled upon is a full-on sequel to the Super Nintendo game. And you play as the, um, I, I guess, I think they're meant to be like the daughters and sons of the main cast of the first game. So Lip's not in this. Instead, you have her descendant. Um, it plays very similarly, but it has some big changes. Uh, one big change being there's four-player. And I think this is the oh. only Puzzle League game to have a four-player. Yeah, I've not heard of that before. Which is weird, considering N64, you know, Pokemon Puzzle League, there's four yeah. controllers. Why wouldn't there be yeah. four-player? <laughs> From what I gather, I think this is built off Pokemon Puzzle League, because Japan never got Pokemon Puzzle League. They got the Game Boy Color game, but it never released on N64. And from what I gather, this this game in the Nintendo Puzzle Collection was meant to release on N64, but it was cancelled for some reason, so they just brought it over to the GameCube at some point. So there's similarities, like that 3D puzzle mode that's in Pokemon Puzzle League is in the GameCube Pound Upon, and the menus are also quite similar. And I also found out the, the menus of Pound Upon and Dr. Mario 64 are also identical. I, I never spotted oh, wow. that. <laughs> so I think they're kind of built off each other too. And then Yoshi's Cookie is a weird one, because I've never really got into that game. Um, but it's it's so overhauled. Like, the sprite quality is really good. And there's, like, Mario 64 sound effects everywhere. 
It's a strange game, but I'm, re- I'm really happy I got this collection. It sounds like a great collection. I, I've never played Yoshi's Cookie myself. I've seen it played where it's... That's the one where you kind of shift cookies around to right. match them into rows. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting concept. The Yoshi game I played was just... Uh, Yoshi puzzle game I played was just Yoshi, where you had <laughs> yeah. to get the bottom egg at the bottom and then stack up enemies, and then you can put a top egg on top and you can, like smush them down to have the bigger combos and you have Mario at the bottom like shifting it all around and it was uh, definitely chaotic but I, I remember enjoying it on the Game Boy as a kid. It, it was kind of that perfect Game Boy game. Don't know if it holds up too well on console but uh, I, I don't know which is better between Yoshi or Yoshi Cookie. <laughs> I've never really got into a lot of those um, sort of Yoshi and Mario puzzle games. Like Wario's Woods, uh, I played it, I got, on, I got it on virtual console, I, I never really got it though. Mm-hmm. Uh same for Yoshi's Cookie. I'm sure if I just gave them a chance, I would, but they never really clicked with me. Mm. Um, but one cool thing about this collection, though, is every single game also comes with a Game Boy Advance version. So if you hook up your Game Boy Advance and have a link cable, you can literally download the game onto your GBA. So let's say you want to play Pound Upon on the go. You can literally just plug in your GBA into the GameCube, download the game, take out the plug, and then go and play a portable version of that game for free. That's such a cool use of that mechanic. What the heck? Uh, how do you down? What do you download it to, or is it just put the data in like temporary you, form? Yeah, there's or? no no cartridge. All you do, yeah, I think it's just like storing the entire game in the Game Boy's RAM or something. I don't know, but that's insane. Yeah, can, <laughs> yeah like you can um, with Doctor Mario. I'm pretty sure you download. I think I'm pretty sure it's the NES version, which I think had a cartridge release on the GBA. So mm-hmm. it's downloading that onto the GBA. Um, Pound upon, I think, so an entirely new version made for the Game Boy Advance, and I think the same for Yoshi's Cookie. So, yeah, it's it's crazy value. I'm, wow. <laughs> Why did that not come out in the States? That's actually one of the cooler uses of the uh, Link Cable, or GameCube Link mm. Cable. Yeah, I have no idea. This, In my opinion, this is one of the best value you can, you can get on the GameCube. Maybe it was Panel Upon that was, that was stopping the localization, because they can't make a Tetris attack, because Tetris, I don't think they like that brand. Um, I guess they could have just done Pokemon Puzzle League again. I mean, it makes sense. Just call it Puzzle League or something. That's what yeah. they've done in the in the future. And I, I did have the... Uh, since I didn't have an N64 growing up, I got the Pokemon... I forget what it's called on the... It's the handheld version of Puzzle League. Is it Pokemon Puzzle Challenge? Yes, that's it. And I remember mm. really enjoying that. I just ordered that. that. I've never played it, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember really enjoying it. I, th- I think it's you know mostly a single-player experience, but there was something really fun and entertaining about it. Um... So, yeah, it, it was a good time. It, it makes me want to be able to play Puzzle League more and uh, enjoy what it has to offer. It's just because it's, it's such a different puzzle game and you can see the strategy and it's, I don't know, there's something really addictive about it. Yeah, the competitive nature, like um, when you're playing through the story mode or the versus mode and just, there's this adrenaline that you get from a fighting game usually in Puzzle League. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, it works so well. And if, if no one's played this, if you're listening to this, you've, you've never played Pound Upon or Puzzle League, just give it a go on the um, Switch Online. There's a Super Nintendo version on there. And you can play it online if you have friends who, who also want to play it. But it's just, it's it's so different to most other puzzle games, but it's still simple. It's still accessible. But yeah, give it a go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's interesting you've been playing that, I was expecting to say, because there was, you know, one other big game that came out this week. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, the Origami King. Yeah, have you have you picked that up yet? So I did the two-hour stream, but mm-hmm. that was through um, basically a Game Explain account, so it's not my own account. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't like, 
like continuously playing on. I'd rather have my save file tied to my system right. and be able to play it whenever I want. Um, but I actually did, I got a care package from Nintendo UK, which I've not opened yet. We're going to be doing an unboxing of that later. But it comes with some origami, like physical origami for Mario, Peach, I think the Shy Guys, and most of the main characters. Oh, that's awesome. So we're, Roxy and I are going to be putting that together. And I've not opened it yet, but I'm pretty sure it comes with a copy of the game too. So that, that's my way of getting it. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually I went out and got it yesterday, but I haven't played it yet because uh, one of the big things I streamed back in the day when I first started streaming was going through the entire Paper Mario series. And uh, that's how I experienced it. Before that point, I'd only played Super Paper Mario uh, and a mm. little bit of Thousand Year Door. Um, so that was my chance to finally experience the entire series, and I got a lot of people interested in, in it. And so, of course, with Origami King coming out, it's like, well, that series is not complete anymore. we got to do it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm going to be playing Origami King for the first time, which is – it's been I'm in that process where I'm dodging things. And it's not like other games where you can see like little snippets and be like, ah, whatever. It's the really is the little moment-to-moment stuff in mm. these Paper Mario games, especially these newer ones. Uh, that kind of make it matter, <laughs> make it pop. So it's been interesting avoiding those things that I did not see in the trailer, even though the trailers definitely showed a lot. Yeah. In the two hours I played, it left a really strong impression on me. I, I feel like the dialogue is so strong. It's, at the moment for me, it might, like, I, I don't know if this continues throughout the entire game, but at least in the opening, the dialogue feels like some of the series at its pinnacle. Uh, hmm. And the combat system, I'm really enjoying uh, I, I found like Color Splash for me was a great game, but I never liked the combat. I always found that was that was the low point. That was the point I wanted to avoid. Mm-hmm. But so far, the the ring system just adds this layer of strategy. And then once you've you know once you've laid out the ring, it's just standard Paper Mario combat. So again, I don't know if that if that holds up for thirty hours. But in my two hour playthrough, I really liked everything. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to trying it out tonight. Uh, it looks gorgeous, and a little bit of music I've heard, it sounds amazing. Mm. So I'm yeah, absolutely. And, uh, to that the, one. The, some of the jokes the toads tell that, like we can we can bash on toads all we like, but the writing they they implement with them is so good. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to trying it out. And really, uh, that's the funny thing is that there's not a lot else to look forward to Nintendo wise right now. That's uh, their last game ever. Yep, there's nothing else coming out. No, no Breath of the Wild 2, no Metroid Prime 4, no Bayonetta 3. Nope, those are never coming out. <laughs> nope. They've gone, what, 35, 40 years uh, releasing games? They've dried up now. Mm, no more. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's why so many people believe this, uh, you know, direct rumor. Maybe, you know, even Hey, we did a <laughs> discussion about it, so I guess we <laughs> believe it too, um, about, you know, what could be happening. Uh, and, you know, it would definitely be good to see what we have to be hyped about next. And uh, hopefully it's good. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's pound to pawn. If not, then it sucks. Yeah, that, that is a very good point. We need our panel to pawn. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, anything else going on this week? Or uh, is that pretty much it? Because I, I can't think of anything else. I certainly didn't see any movies or anything like that. Yeah, so. I mean, it's been a bit of a dry week, really. Uh, this coming week could be big, because we could start the week with a direct, if that's true. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the Xbox showcase on Wednesday, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, pretty busy week. And I'm I'm actually quite excited for Xbox. We'll talk a bit about their future in the news uh, in the news portion. But I've been playing uh, Master Chief Collection on PC because Halo Three came out, I believe, at the start of the week, 
and it's a really good port. But one one thing that kind of surprised me is how many people are playing. Like you can like go on the matchmaking, you press search game, and you'll find a match in mere moments. Hmm. And this the Master Chief Collection came out 2014, I think, on oh, Xbox One. Holy cow! So yeah, I mean, it's great to see this momentum is still really high. And of course, the player base is new because it's PC, but people are still interested, which is you know that speaks volumes for um, I guess Halo's evergreen effect. Like people are really excited for Infinite. And I think uh, Xbox has a chance to have um, have our attention with their showcase. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting interesting comparing that to Sony's and see if they have as many games to get me you know invested and maybe yeah, pick up an Xbox because that's that's the thing that uh, Microsoft always failed at is like there's some there's a few pockets of interesting games but not enough exclusives for me to actually shell out for the system. And Sony's always mm. had those exclusives that I've been interested in because yeah, they have gears, they have halo, they had tales of Asperia on 360. but beyond those, none of the exclusives seemed like enough to pull me in. So yeah. And, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I think 360 early on had a weird amount of Japanese games. Like there's, yeah. there's some shmups on there. You can get like Dodon Patchy and Death Smiles. There's some great Japanese games early on, but that died, that died off quickly. Mm-hmm. Basically, once Sony got their footing, it was over. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do think Microsoft's strategy this gen isn't necessarily to sell you on Series X. I mean, that that's one pillar. But they clearly have different avenues going. Like, there's the rumored Lockhart, which is I, I suppose would be their um, I guess their their cheaper version of the of the Series X, and then there's PC, and then there's also uh, X Cloud, which you know, we'll discuss in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go ahead and just di- dive right into that because yeah, one of the big things that Microsoft announced this week is that they're combining Game Pass and X Cloud. Uh, you know, if you uh, I think get Game Pass at the ultimate level, you'll automatically have you know X Cloud and be able to uh, play the games wherever, whenever, and across multiple systems. So. It seems like an extremely good service, and Game Pass itself all like has what hundreds of games. I've- it's already one of the best values you can get. Yeah, I I bought um, uh, Game Pass just to play the Master Chief Collection on PC, but just going through the library, it's crazy how much there is to offer. Like you can you can um, I guess via XCloud you can finally play Rare Replay without <laughs> owning an Xbox, which is oh. really cool. Um, there's this 360 games you can play. There's Xbox games you can play. Xbox One, like you can you can play Panzer Dragoon Auto via XCloud. Oh wow! I think that's just really cool. That that is a really oh God, that is a nice value. That, I think that's where it's an interesting avenue to take. Where if the Series X doesn't do great, even though they have these studios, I think they could really sell people on these game passes and just you know build themselves up as almost a Netflix of games. I think that's their objective, yeah. Like, Xbox One launched via um, Don Matrick, that was the previous president of Xbox, mm-hmm. and then Phil Spencer took over and kind of reshaped Xbox One. But they, they never really recovered, mm-hmm. but it definitely was far more consumer-friendly than it was when it launched. And I think Game Pass is a big part of that, and I think it's really going to take off this gen. Um, and I also think that uh, numbers won't tell the full story. Like, we'll see that PlayStation 5 and its games are selling, like, millions and millions and I think Series X, in comparison, won't sell that much. But Game Pass subscriptions, I think that's what's really going to tell the story of, of Xbox's success this gen. Mm-hmm. And Microsoft has shown themselves to be extremely forward-thinking when it comes to games. Like, they, the, the Xbox, and especially the 360, really pushing that online value, the live arcade and all that. That was... 
uh, came out so swinging so hard that Sony had to address it with their next console, and mm. really became this you know, pillar, honestly, uh, that people really yeah. enjoyed. So, and I have seen people compare X Cloud to PlayStation now. Uh, I think, I mean, on paper, they're kind of the same. They're both streaming services. But PlayStation now has never really had a presence. Uh, it's, it, I think it launched with the PS4, but I never hear anyone talking about it. Um, I think the big difference is that is, um, Game Pass allows you to buy or to have access to every first-party game from day one, whereas PS Now doesn't do that. Mm. <laughs> with PS Now, God of War, I think, went on to PS Now after... I don't know. It must have been two years, I'd say, maybe maybe a bit over a year. Whereas when when Halo Infinite comes out, you can just buy Game Pass Ultimate and stream it from a PC. There's no need to buy a Series X, and I think that's the big difference between this and PS Now. Yeah, that that instant access, which you know is pretty insane. If they ever actually did do a Banjo Three or you know something you know, like that. Uh, I feel like a lot of Game Pass was and X Clouds will be sold at that point because it's like, well, got my PC, don't want to get a series uh, buy the Series X, but I got all this, so yeah, I'll pay it this amount so I can pay, play this game finally. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and like you get a lot of big third parties on Game Pass as well. Like I, I think um, I was looking at it the other day. There's there's some big stuff on there. A lot of Japanese games too. Like hmm. the entire Kingdom Hearts saga is on is on Game Pass. Uh, as are a lot of Final Fantasy games. I think seven, eight, and nine are on Game Pass. Wow! So you really, you really do get a, a bunch on there. Yeah, I think isn't the y- Yakuza games? You know, they're on yeah. Xbox now. So <laughs> yeah, Yakuza's on there. Yeah. So, so wow. You, not only can you stream Yakuza, but you have access to all of them. What I don't want to say for free, but for you know, in a very cheap subscription. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I think the only you know difference is if how much you want to own those games. But even then, I think yeah. Microsoft is uh, doing that. Where if you just buy the game on this system you'll have access to it access to it on the next system as well yeah the yeah, forward compatibility and the uh, actually during this they, they also confirmed that every single xbox one game that doesn't revolve around connect will be compatible with series x whereas i think what sony have said is the that the top 100 games or the majority of the games will be but xbox are flat out saying that basically every xbox one game is gonna work yeah microsoft is all about that uh game preservation right now and it's it's impressive. It's 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 the stuff that's making me pay more attention to them this generation than I have in a very long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is going to rest on the games. Like, if it's going to rest on whether Halo looks good, what other th- first parties they have, but just in terms of their services, they they are far ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely agreed. And uh, I'm I'm curious how it's all going to play out. It's it's a, it's interesting seeing each. Uh, company have their own tactic for this generation. You know, Sony's seems to be keeping it pretty traditional. Uh, Microsoft's going, mm-hmm. you know, that digital route, that digital store, and um, Nintendo is just taking advantage of the handheld space. Yeah, uh, it's exciting. That. Yeah, it's a, you get a little something different with with each one, uh, which you know what I'm, I'm I'm down for. That makes me more like having each one have their own value to it makes me more likely or more interested in getting stuff from all of them yeah but there's barely any reason to buy an xbox one this gen unless you wanted forza i guess that that was probably their, their most consistent ip and there's more of course there's more xbox one exclusives yeah. but compared to ps4's value and and like even we use exclusivity there, there was far more that defined that console whereas xbox one was more of just i, I guess just ps4 but a little bit different mm. whereas this has something far more distinguished yeah absolutely and 
I'll have to look into it at some point with the whole PC thing and game, uh, you know, their uh, Game Pass because that might be the way I have to play Ori too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's very true. So yeah, we'll see what actually comes of it. But moving on to our other uh, news from this week, uh, going back to Paper Mario, there was an interview with the development team uh, of Origami King, and it got a lot of people talking because the interview with Tanabe revealed that. Well, basically, he said that he can no longer modify Mario Universe characters. Uh, Let me get the exact quote here. Let me find it. So, uh, so the question was, Mario is famous for its iconic cast of villains. Can you talk about the new villain in in this game and how you design a character to stand alongside all-time greats like Bowser and Kamek? And Tanabe said, since Paper Mario Sticker Star, it is no longer po- it is no longer possible to modify Mario characters or to create original characters that touch on the Mario universe. That means that if we aren't use, uh, using Mario characters for bosses, we need to create original characters with designs that don't involve the Mario universe at all, like we've done with Ollie and the stationary bosses. Uh, and then he just goes whether or not it's going to be a hit. And that's like it seems like such a strange thing because a lot of as a lot of people pointed out. Odyssey introduced a ton of new character types for the Mario universe. And I don't know if it's because that's a main game or and Paper Mario has held a different rules, but it seems so strange. And a lot of people really had issue with this. I think also in the interview, they said it was a, it was a reaction to Super Paper Mario's criticisms. Uh, I think about the character designs and... Uh, and powerful, like not power, but like overpowered story. I suppose like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of dialogue. There's a lot going on. Um, so I think they they took a big 180 with all of these character designs and just got rid of them all. And I, I can criticize Super Paper Mario. I think the character designs mm-hmm. in that game aren't great. A lot of the original ones aren't great. But I don't think the alternative is to get rid of all of them. <laughs> no, that's an extreme like 180. It, it, it's yeah. just there's. There's good points about that game. Yeah, everybody loves um oh what the heck's his name? The the strong dude. Uh that was in there. The the strong man that was always had a you know, bit a bit, bit dopey. Oh chunk. Yeah. Oh chunk, that was his name. Uh-huh. Uh, and you know, people love the story of Super Paper Mario because it is so different. It's it's considered one of the stronger Mario stories. Uh yeah, it's like it can get a bit dialogue heavy and whatnot, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. And to see them sort of step away from that, fortunately still they pumped up the humor after sticker star but uh sticker star really does seem like a oh people didn't like this so we got to get rid of this and we got to get rid of this and just keep it like stripped it to the bare bones and it just did not work uh yeah apparently some key staff also left uh after sticker star or after um super super paper mario and tanabe's had a bit more control since so some people are laying it uh, the blame at his at his feet I'm not getting that interpretation. When he says that we're no longer able to uh, modify characters, that, that doesn't sound like it's in his control. Yeah, it's. it does seem like it's like a whole Nintendo thing. Like, Nintendo is the one deciding this, which could be possible. Yeah. Uh, like you're, you're saying there's a lot of original characters in Odyssey, and there was, but I, they don't really alter existing characters very often. Like it's rare. I mean, they'll give Goombas hats or something, but it's rare they actually make a distinguished Goomba. That is true. That is very true. And the last distinguished Toad we got it was Toadette. So and I guess te- I guess yeah. technically Captain Toad, but how different is he really from the other Toads? Right. 
It, it, it does bother me to an extent because they, they ha- they've had some great designs from Paper Mario in the past. Like a, a lot, Basically, all of the partner characters are an existing race that's just been given more of a personality. And that was never a problem. That never confused anyone. I've never seen anyone like go, oh, this, this toad just makes all the other ones make no sense. Like, when was this ever an issue? Yeah, it's not like I have Koops on my team and he's a Koopa Trooper, but I'm also fighting Koopa Troopers. This doesn't make any sense. I, I'm, I'm confused and angry. <laughs> it's, that's just not a thing. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah, it's disappointing. I mean, at least they—it it sounds like they can just make it entirely original characters. So maybe, maybe in the future, a Paper Mario game just won't have Mario characters. But I don't know. I also can't really see that happening either now, though. Yeah, it's it's found itself in this weird balance, and we well, we no longer have the more pure RPG side of things with Mario and Luigi. Uh, you know, thanks to the death of Alpha Dream, and you know, unfortunately. Uh, what was it? Uh, what was the last paper? Paper Jam. Didn't, yeah, Paper Jam. It wasn't that <laughs> great, but it was also building off of Sticker Star, so that was kind of cursed to begin with. And uh, then we were stuck with remakes that nobody really cared about. No, it's, it's, the Dream Team was a weird one, too, because no one wanted a Dream Team remake. The original game was Oh, you fine. mean uh, ba- you- Bowser's Inside Story? Oh, yes, that's what I mean. Yes. Bowser's Inside Story, yeah. You can play the original on 3DS just because it's backwards compatible. I can understand uh, Superstar Saga to an extent, Mm -hmm. but I also think the original Superstar Saga has way more personality than the remake. Yeah, and then the extra modes were just kind of garbage. Yeah. Yeah, it just seemed like such an odd misstep. And I don't quite quite get it, but that's the way it is. Yeah, maybe things will change. I mean, maybe they'll see the reaction and decide that next time they're gonna just lift that rule. But for now, I mean, it's, at least it's nice to know that there is actually a reason for why it's like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. But uh, well, continuing on, uh, we have a bit more news about Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, where uh, Square Enix has announced that they will not offer offline multiplayer. The only way to have multiplayer in this game is through the online, or I guess via Switch, you know, you can have the land-based thing as well. Um, It's not exactly unexpected because, you know, the the multiplayer had to use the Game Boy Advance uh, setup, so you had your own screen to look at very specific things to you. So that would be a little difficult to transfer to an offline local experience without those extra screens. But it does it does feel like a bit of a bummer. I think that should have been communicated mm-hmm. like, that they that 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 was the reason. So I think the the lo, lo, the translation came from Robert Safazan, I believe, and I think what he translated it was um, due to development problems, <laughs> we can't <laughs> do this. So they never actually explained that it was the dual screen setup because that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I guess you can still like if, even if with Switch, this is fairly easy. Like you can just bring a bunch of switches together and. Just play either LAN or, or online. Like that works. Mm-hmm. With PS4s though, that that just that you can't play locally unless you have like a bunch of different TVs and a bunch of PS4s in the same place. Yeah, it doesn't exactly work. It doesn't it doesn't make for a cleaner experience like uh, <laughs> compared to the original with all your cords and Game Boy Advances and looking at the TV. And I I actually did play that way a little bit of the original Crystal Chronicles. I was able to actually get some friends together and play it that way, and it was fun. But it also was like uh, it also felt like there wasn't a lot of forward momentum. Um, like uh-huh. we were revisiting places a lot. So I'm actually really interested in going back to Crystal Chronicles and seeing 
what it's like uh, and how it holds up and whether I can get into it. Uh, that'd be an interesting one because if we, I mean, I don't know if we can get a full, full four players, but man, if we could get Square Enix to give us at least three, I mean, you, me, and Ash playing through, seeing what it's all fun. like, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. I always feel like the, the GBA experience would probably still be the the, the best way to play. Um, like, even with Four Source Adventures, I love playing with four different GBAs at once, but it's so rare. Like, you can get four games around, uh, four friends around with four GBAs with the link cables. Like, it's great when you can make it work, but but most people can't. So mm-hmm. online, it, it's it's the preferred way. Yeah, it's just a, especially right now. <laughs> You're not going to get together with four friends right now. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, continuing on, we had the reveal of the next Lego project, and it's a Lego NES. Uh, it's a full-on NES with a Super Mario Brothers cartridge and a CRT set that you completely build. It's it's uh, there's actually a crank on the TV on the CRT TV um, that rotates the panel, and they have the Mario thing set up where it's, there's a little plastic disc behind him, and it's what helps it guide him along the level, so it looks like Mario's actually doing something, so or actually going through the level, uh, which is really clever and. This is tempting. <laughs> this is really tempting, but I also don't really have a good place to put it, and it is also $230. I think this is what we were thinking of when we heard about Nintendo Lego. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Lego Mario is clearly a toy. It's yeah. meant for, for kids, whereas this, I, I want this. <laughs> I want to I build it. I want to display it, but like you, I've got nowhere to put it. Yeah, it's it's a little hard, and I mean, it's a hefty project. This they do specifically say this is for adult builders. This is you know the, going into that um, uh, that you know, nostalgia mindset, and there are a lot of pieces. There are two thousand six hundred and forty six pieces to this thing. Jeez. So I guess you're getting your value with that two hundred thirty dollars. I'm not sure how that compares to other sets, but uh, it's it's pretty insane. And gosh, it. it is it sad that I like the TV the most? <laughs> it's very cool, yeah. Um, what, what I like the most is the cartridge. <laughs> the cartridge is made out, made out of Lego as well, and um, in the trailer they blow on the cartridge <laughs> too, which was just a cool little detail. Mm-hmm. And you can slot it into the NES and have it in yeah. there. Uh, it, there's a lot of really cool touches to it, and honestly, when I uh, we we first got the news about this, I'm like, oh, it's a. For some reason, I thought it like it was a. I, I don't know what I thought. It was like a, a, a NES made out of Legos that could actually play NES games. Because I, I saw that. I was like, oh, it's just an NES. That's cool. I didn't realize it was actually built out of Legos. I thought there was some sort of gameplay element to it. It would have been cool if like you if it came with like some sort of motherboard or something and you just put that inside these Lego bricks and it actually functions like a normal NES. Probably a bit too technical, but that would have been... Um, like to actually have a proper NES made out of Lego would have been very cool. <laughs> <laughs> it really would have been, but yeah. In retrospect, I was like, "What was I thinking that that that, that was going to be a thing?" <laughs> uh-huh. Oh goodness! But uh, yeah, it's it's and it's also going to be a little probably a little tricky to get because it is coming out August first, but only at physical Lego stores and Lego online. So uh, it, it is coming to, uh, to other stores as of um, next year. But it's definitely going to be a bit. So we'll see what happens. But it's neat. But again, I'm looking around. I'm like, I don't know where I put that thing. <laughs> uh-huh. 
and getting I, I imagine it's going to be very low on stock getting your hands on that mm-hmm. thing is probably going to be tough yeah it's definitely going to be pricey and i'll be honest i mean it's cool to have the lego nes i love the interactivity with the tv um i still kind of wish i'd have like peach's castle bowser's castle bowser's airship that kind of thing yeah that, those are the obvious ones mm-hmm. yeah we need those yeah it'd be nice but hey, at least it, I guess it does interact with Lego Mario, so you have those sounds coming out as you're going through the uh, stage at the bottom. So something. Yeah. <laughs> God, it's gonna be pricey getting all this Lego Mario stuff. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. If you want to have a complete set, you're gonna be spending uh, probably close to a thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Um, I guess the next bit of news we have here in Nintendo Focused is uh, some potential. Excuse me. Some potential Nintendo accounts were found. One for Super Mario's 35th anniversary and one for F-Zero. Uh, both, like, dedicated Twitter accounts and uh, seem to go to Nintendo of Japan, you know, Nintendo's Japanese uh, email. Uh, seems to match up. They were both made back in March, so they would kind of match up theirs and might have been around the time they were planning to initially put them out. Hard to say. Uh, it's completely unknown how it all comes together Mm, this could be nothing it it could be absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. um but it's exciting i mean a new f-zero i've i've got to this point where we've we've done predictions for so long now that i think we we often say like oh whatever new f-zero game uh, was announced or whatever new pokemon snap was announced (laughs) and those they, they they feel ridiculous to say now just because we said them so often but pokemon snap happened yeah exactly we got we got pokemon snap we got you know we, we might get some of these other games that we're like ah, it's never gonna happen i mean that'd be a nice change of pace to be utterly surprised about this game actually coming back and getting a new entry and hopefully being good <laughs> i don't I know. see how they'll mess it up <laughs> yeah i mean it kind of has to be good if you've waited decades when you have zero and it comes out and it's just this this dumpster fire like <laughs> Imagine the reaction. Yeah, it's true. And people would be a the bit dozens upset. of F-Zero fans would be furious. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I like F-Zero. <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've not played a ton of F-Zero. I only really played GX, and that game really kicked my butt. So I didn't uh-huh. even get through it. But I liked it visually. I liked the music. I liked the personality of it. It's just a bit hard for me. I, I've never really mm. been able to get my head around the whole. Um, super fast racing games yeah that's kind of why i like x a bit more like gx just gets a bit too crazy um especially because it's so easy just to fall off the edge and just lose your round immediately uh x x is i feel is better paced and it also has rainbow road from mario 64 in that game oh really <laughs> that's awesome no one normally talks about that but it's the exact same track <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> uh i'm guessing they took off the uh guardrails uh, I think so, yeah. yeah. Of course they did. <laughs> oh, boy. I do horrible on that level. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the last bit of news we had here was a new uh, Sakurai column where he talked about the development of Min Min and how, surprisingly, uh, there weren't really any hiccups with her development. And, you know, he wanted to find a way to represent arms in Smash and it feels like he succeeded. But the last little thing, one of the last little things he said is uh, he was looking forward to the idea that. Once Fighters Pass number two is finished, uh, the long development on Smash Brothers, which started with Smash Wii U and 3DS, mind you, will finally be over. And yeah, it, it pretty much confirms that there's not going to be a Fighters Pass three. We are down to five remaining characters, 
And we'll see what, which ones those end up being. I am very okay with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let this man have a break. When did Smash Wii U development begin? Oh. Like 2011, 2012? No, it has to be. Maybe, I mean, I guess that's 2012 is when Kid Icarus came out. Uh, so I'm not sure yeah. exactly when Smash Wii U uh, it started I, development. I guess at minimum, maybe it, it's probably been eight years straight working on Smash. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Very like at least six because that's when Smash Wii U came out. It's 2014, so yeah, it's very likely six, seven years on this one project, and it's not going to be done. So can you imagine working eight years on the same game, technically? (laughs) Uh, I'm the kind of guy who I start working on a new project, and I immediately think of a new idea and want to start working on that. (laughs) Exactly. I I, I can't fathom (laughs) working on just one thing for so long. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I definitely get that idea in my head as as well, and I have to sit myself down. I was like, no. Finish this, then you can move yeah. on. <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah, because like, I I like have ideas for what I want to do after I finish the Metroid movie. But like, nope, finish the Metroid movie. There's a lot of time and effort and people and <laughs> money put into this. Do it. <laughs> uh-huh. Plus, I just want to get it done in the first place. It's just a matter of finding the time to do it on the side and have that all set. Which hopefully by the end of summer, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm still excited for the remaining Smash characters, but also I think the roster is so big as it is mm-hmm. that I can't see anyone... Well, I'm sure some people would be, but I can't see anyone being too disappointed with finishing off here. Like what? Would that be 86 fighters, 87 fighters? Something, Something like that. that. And, yeah. I mean, uh, what, it came out in, what, 2018? End of yeah. 2018. So, yeah, Amy and I have been doing on her channel doing going through everybody's classic mode one a week for most weeks. I think we missed a few times here and there, but still we've been putting it consistent and also doing the uh, DLC when it comes out. Uh, and we are down to, I think 10 or nine characters left, but we've been doing it ever since it launched. We're still not through those classic modes. We still have a little bit well, more to go, uh, which is crazy to think about. It is. There's there's always too much in this game. <laughs> we complain about the lack of things like break the targets, but all in all, that doesn't matter. There's so much content in Smash. Mm-hmm. There really is, and it, they're still adding spirits. Yeah, they're you know not exactly crazy, but uh, it's still cool to have those ideas about how, about how to represent those characters. That's probably the more exciting aspect than the actual spirit itself. Yeah, it is. It's cool seeing um, games like Octopath Traveler, which came out, I think, two years ago now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crazy seeing those still get spirits. Um, and I, I always wanted some Octopath representation in Smash. Like, at least a song would have been cool. But a spirit in... Like, that's that's still a game being in Smash, which is still really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really do think they could release, like, again, costume packs, uh, music packs, uh, stuff yeah. like that as DLC, and people would eat it up. Yeah. I mean, they eat up meat costumes if they look cool, like with, like, sounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, getting some, like, little, uh, like, uh, character nods in costume form, people would love that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'd be all over that for certain characters, and I, I wish it would happen, but I was also, like, can't imagine how much longer that would take to develop, and we're already working on the, DL- the you know, the fighters, so... Yeah, it, it's hard to ask for too much more, isn't it? It really <laughs> is. You kind of feel bad at a certain point. <laughs> uh-huh. So... Yeah, but so I'm I'm very much okay with fighter it ending with Fighters Pass 2. 
Uh, but watch some amazing game come out from Nintendo in like towards the end of Fighters Pass 2 and be like, oh, why can't that character be in Smash? <laughs> it's going to happen. It's always going to happen. There's always going to be there's always going to be someone else that some people want. It's never really going to end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see who comes next. I'm, I have my especially with an arms character getting in there. I'm really hoping for a Xenoblade 2 uh, character Same. to make it in. So. Makes sense for Rex and Pyro, but I've seen, like, when I was uh, streaming uh, Torna, the Golden Country, a lot of people want Laura and Jen, because not only does that get you female female representation, but a villain as well. Sure. Also more aggressive. Like, the, mm. the Torna combat system, I think, could work a lot more um, hands-on than um, the main game. Like, instead of just being like Pokemon Trainer, where you change your attacks it could be a bit more on the lines of you're actually switching out the character on the fly yeah and get uh more more along the lines of chic in back in the day yeah which yeah it'd be pretty cool <laughs> it would so and heck, heck they may even be able to do the whole laura Hayes and Jin idea in that case that'd be cool yeah there's a lot you can do <laughs> yeah there really is a lot you can do oh man who knows but uh <laughs> Yeah, well, let's go ahead and uh, move on to our uh, topics for the week. And uh, as always, you guys can support us over on Patreon. Get these podcasts three days early uh, every Friday, as well as offer up topics like these for just $1 a month. And uh, John, why don't you go ahead and start us off? Okay, so mine comes from David Mott, and he says, Hi there, fellas. A bunch of games previously exclusive to PlayStation have made their way to PC lately. We all know that PlayStation fans have had an outcry at the very notion, and while I think while I think it's overblown, it got me wondering what the reaction would be like if Nintendo did this as well. While I think we can all agree that the odds are um, of that actually happening are laughably low, how would you, as Nintendo fans, feel if the big N put their games on Steam? Keep up the great work, and fingers crossed a direct is announced soon. Um, yeah, I think console fans can get very, very <laughs> passionate about their exclusives. Mm. Uh, PC fans too. Everyone does. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of Sony fans did get very upset when Horizon was announced as a port to, to a PC. I saw people tagging the, the developers, saying that they've ruined their loyalty, and that they, some people get very over the top. Yeah, they really <laughs> do. From my eyes, um, I, I'll get a business perspective too. But from my eyes, the more the merrier. Like mm-hmm. if people, if more people can play a game, yeah, sure. Uh, from a business perspective, though, I, I don't think it's in Nintendo's interest to do this. Um, Sony, perhaps, like they're getting games like Horizon on on PC and and Death Stranding. They've already had their heyday on PS4, so I think this is more a way to push the IP Mm -hmm. so that people will buy the sequel on PS5. Um, I don't think Nintendo have that kind of... I think their games have more longevity. A Nintendo game is far more evergreen than a PlayStation game is, for the most part. Um, So I I can't see it happening, but if it did happen, I wouldn't object. Yeah, I I, I mean... I can find the Ultimate Edition, so that includes a DLC of Horizon Zero Dawn on PS4 for, what, 15 20 bucks. Uh, sure, Meanwhile, yeah. I'm pretty sure Breath of the Wild is still $60. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure it Nintendo is. Nintendo yeah. does not lower their prices, so the, the I guess, thing is always there. Um, you know, the, 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 the quality is just always there. It's up to debate. I mean... Personally, I think it'd be nice if Nintendo lowered their prices over time, but it just does not happen unless the game is really not selling well. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Nintendo games on PC would be very exciting for one reason and one reason, and for one major reason as far as a fan's concerned: um, the mod community. 
I think yeah. having that access on for mods to fix up some things or change some things or uh, you know what have you, uh, there'd be a lot of really cool potential there. Uh, and but this is also that's also I think the major reason Nintendo would not do it. We see how Nintendo reacts when they when fans mess with their games and mod them and change them in various ways. A lot of times they get shut down. And they do, yeah. Nintendo l- likes having that control, and it's just not going to happen. I would not feel bad about it. I mean, as John said, the more the merrier. It makes sense. Let's broaden that uh, love. But I-, I can see from Nintendo's perspective, it devalues the Nintendo brand, which is why they kind of re- were resistant to mobile for so long. Um, mm. But maybe that's also why most of their mobile games are not great, <laughs> just because they don't want to yeah. put that effort in there. I don't know. <laughs> It's a weird thing. I think more than more than any one of the big console manufacturers, Nintendo's games sell their hardware. They uh, PlayStation to an extent as well, but I think PlayStation gets on a lot more with uh, third parties as well. Mm-hmm. So they, they they don't have the pressure of their first party games to be their console sellers, um, even if a lot of them are. But with Switch in particular. Uh, I think it would devalue the Switch if you could see like 4K screenshots of all their games uh, in action, and that happens. Like we get, we have emulators that do that, and I love seeing them. Mm-hmm. I love seeing. Uh, I don't take emulation myself, but I love seeing screenshots of like Xenoblade running in 4K or Odyssey. Like it, it's it's beautiful looking at how good these games can be. Um, but if that were the norm, I think that would really put Switch in a bad place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's. It's a tricky thing because you want to see it. It'd be pretty cool to to have that. I guess easier mod because people still mod <clears throat> mod these Nintendo games, so it's it's you know very very possible. Yeah. Mario Kart Wii is full of mods. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I think it would just be easier and much more open uh, because yeah. let's be honest, Nintendo stuff you know added into any other type of mod is very common. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think if you go on like Gmod or something, Nintendo models are some of the most popular. Um, and it, quite an exciting thing that's been going on lately as well as the Mario 64 PC port. And if you look at what people are doing, like they are, I think what they've done, they've extracted the Melee trophy models for Mario because mm-hmm. they found out that those are basically low-poly versions of the marketing material for Mario 64 and uh, implementing them in Mario 64. So oh, wow. it, it almost looks like those... those, um, those pre-rendered visuals are coming to life like actually realize the way that they are meant to be and it's it's really interesting to see what they're doing on on the pc version that's really cool it's, it's also really funny because that that might well we might see an example of why nintendo does not do that on do stuff on pc because with that uh, 64 mod or uh, i guess it's not really a mod because they built it from scratch uh yeah. you know it's kind of showing that it might even show up their own entry for 64 yeah, I mean, if it's just a 1080p widescreen outport, then th- it, it kind of doesn't compete because you can already go 4K, 60fps. You can have all these mods. Um, it it makes it look lesser, which is a shame because mm. I'm still really excited for the collection, but this kind of shows it up a bit. Yeah, uh, it definitely does. It makes that uh, kind of lose its value. The only value it really has is I have Mario 64. A little uprezzed on my Switch, which you know, yeah, which is still cool. Yeah, still cool. You have that portability and whatnot, but you can see where the problems lie. Yeah, but that's that's assuming it's a simple port. It could yeah. be a remake. We don't know. Yeah, we have no idea. So 
guess we'll see. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, don't expect Nintendo on PC anytime soon. And fans, I think the mod community would be happy. I think certain other Nintendo fans might be a little upset about that or maybe confused. But it's never mm-hmm. going to happen. It's never going to yeah. happen. Unless Nintendo goes full third party, which is not happening. Again, people predicting ever since it happened to Sega. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't think it's going to happen. They're always doomed. Yep. Always. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My topic comes from Charlie Bird, who says, Hi, Game Explain, longtime fan and new patron here. So thank you for that. Uh, and says, one of my favorite series from you guys was the Songs to Smash 2 series before Ultimate's release. The soundtrack is always one of my favorite parts of a new Smash game's release. Now that Ultimate has been out for over a year and the DLC looks like it's mostly adding stuff from games not yet represented in the base game, I was wondering, are there any songs that missed the cut for Ultimate's soundtrack that you feel deserve a shot at being in the game? Personally, I'd like to see more of the underrated gems from Nintendo's earlier handheld lineup like like Showdown at the Tower from Donkey Kong 94. Thanks. That's a good call. Yeah, thanks for making so much wonderful content. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, a lot of our picks for Songs of Smash 2 didn't make it in. No. Which is a bit of a shame, <laughs> to be sure. Yeah. Uh, I know one of the ones I was kind of disappointed in, especially because I, I found it as I was trying to figure out one for that series, was from F-Zero. And I found Captain Falcon's theme from F-Zero GX. And it's a, it's a corny rock ballad in the same vein as Sonic. And it's about how uh, Captain Falcon will always be your hero. And it's like, <laughs> it's so cheesy good. I remember loving having that music matched up to a match like we did in that series. And I was like, you know what? I really want this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think you can go through a lot of franchises in Smash and find so many missing tracks. Uh, Tropical Freeze, I think, has like three or four musical tracks. And a lot of them aren't the more out there ones a lot of them are like the first level and the main theme there's so much more they can do just put the entirety of the tropical free soundtrack in there yeah i agree <laughs> i will take i will buy yeah. that um yeah that'd be wonderful to have put dixie kong just so we can get more tropical freeze music in there and a stage like the, the last um donkey kong stage in ultimate was from melee mm-hmm. yeah it's, and that's that's a bit of a shame yeah um uh I, I would also go with more Sonic tracks. Uh, there's, there's a yeah. pretty good selection, but there's there's a lot more you can pick from. Oh, Sonic has some of the best soundtracks out there. They could do so many different songs. And it's kind of by that same vein, uh, Splatoon, uh, Octo Expansion. I want Octo Expansion music. Oh, there yeah. is a ton of great tracks from that uh, DLC that I wish was in the main game as well, or in Ultimate as well. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish that um, whenever they released a new game, they'll just give like a little bit of content in Smash. Like when Xenoblade Definitive Edition came out, maybe more Xenoblade music, or maybe like some costumes that look a bit more like his model. Or like that, that's kind of a big ask, but just music, like just music that's corresponding with new releases. I think that would have been a really great way to just sort of keep that synergy going. Mm-hmm. Or you know, have DLC in Smash Ultimate for Shulk's new outfit from the yeah. from the epilogue. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, if you go through most of these franchises, you're, you're going to find some tracks that are missing. I'm sure there's some big um, missing links, though. Uh, I, actually, I was quite happy to, to find that there's a Pound Upon track in Smash that's been there since Brawl, and I, I completely miss that. It's a Lips theme. Oh, yeah. It's been a while since I've listened to that one. Um, but I, I remember it being pretty good. I remember listening to Brawl's soundtrack constantly when it was coming out in college. <laughs> uh, I forgot how Brawl sound, uh, how good Brawl selection was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, 
I think when, when playing it, uh, I didn't really realize just how great and expansive it is. But it's some of the best tracks in the series in there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And trying to think of some other games that maybe might be missing some of their more iconic themes. Like Mega Man got a ton of music, but Mega Man also has so many uh, so many tracks in there. I, I don't know for offhand, but I, I know people really like that one track from Mega Man Zero Two, like its opening theme or something like that, that people really like. That. So that'd be pretty cool uh, in there. Um, yeah. Oh, if we're talking um, music that wasn't put to its full potential, Square Enix. Oh, God, so not, yeah. not only Final Fantasy, because that only has two tracks for some reason, mm-hmm. <laughs> but also Dragon Quest. Um, they the, the selection isn't bad, but the quality is. Oh, yeah, it's... Square Enix is so weird when it comes to their music, and there's so many good tracks you could play from Final Fantasy VII. It makes no sense why they did that. Uh, I, I, it's always going to be a sore spot. It really is. Yeah, I mean, I think we we, we know why Dragon Quest is the way it is. Mm. <laughs> That's obvious. But yeah, Final Fantasy, such a big shame. Yeah, I mean, it makes you scared if they do put in like Sora. What kind of like what are we going to get? <laughs> what kind of songs are we going to get? Yeah. Uh, which is a shame because again, Kingdom Hearts has amazing soundtracks. I mean, enough that they have their own rhythm game coming out. <laughs> right. Yeah, let's, I'm just looking at my, my, my games at the moment, trying to find another like big missing link. Um, I'm sure there's lots. Like, I, I'm, you can go through most of the IPs and find some giant ones that are missing. Um, mm-hmm. Donkey Kong's my sore spot, though. I think there's just so many more tracks you can pull from that series, and Dixie Kong, I think, would be the answer. Like, just putting her in, or even Funky Kong. Funky Kong would be cool too, but I think Dixie would be, would be a better pick. Yeah, I think Dixie's um, a better pick. That would be kind of cool. Also, I want to um, get something out there too. People often say that Dixie would be a Diddy Echo. No, I don't. I don't understand how. <laughs> Dixie is so different from Diddy. I mean, Dixie was my yeah, preferred I think character it's just the size. in DK Two. <laughs> yeah, I think people look at the size of them and say, "Oh, they're very similar sizes. They must be Echoes." But they, I don't think any of their moves match. Not really. They're all they all they hold them differently. They move differently. Like oh, kind of differently. It, it's kind of like how a lot of people had the idea of the arms character being able to be like the different colors would be actually alts of like they, you know it's not just Min Min but it's Min Min and Trintel and Ninjara and all of them. And there's like they're just replaceable since you can just change out their arms, and that's not really the case in arms. Yeah. I, I've seen the argument as well that um, Dixie has a bubblegum gun in Tropical Freeze that could replace the peanut gun. And yeah, sure. Yeah. But what about all the other moves? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Luigi has his fireballs, but that doesn't make him exactly the same as Mario. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At the very least, I think if Dixie were to get into Smash, um, if it were to be Echo Territory, it would be more along the lines of Isabel and Villager. But I, I, don't think, I don't think it would be anything like that anyway, though. I th- mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting something entirely new. She can toss uh, Kitty Kong at enemies. <laughs> just use. I'll be, be okay with that as a final smash. Just lobbing Kitty Kong. Yeah, someone. exactly. Just use him as the as the brunt force and just beating the crap out of enemies with him, like beating beating him up with a baby. <laughs> oh God! But yeah, I, I I do want Dixie, and she would be significantly different. Um, and it would be really funny to see all their west all the Western representation in Smash be from. Rare. <laughs> yeah. 
I uh, gotta love yeah, it. Yeah, I, mean, I guess I guess the other DLC could fix that, but right now, yeah, it is all it is is entirely Res designs, right? Mm-hmm. Which really just just goes to show how strong the connection was between Nintendo and Rare. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, but uh, yeah, so much good music. It'd be like I said, like I said earlier, if we got got music packs, totally get it. <laughs> yes, please. Alright, well, our game this week comes from James, who says, Hey GX, I made another quiz. This one involves Nintendo model numbers. And I know we got uh, some game ideas from Azran, but with just being two of us, I thought we'd keep it simple. Mm -hmm. And try to get more of us in next time. And I do not know model numbers whatsoever, so this ought to be interesting. So James says, Here's a game where you need to give the right model number for a described item, or select the right item for a given number. All the, all the numbers in this quiz are taken from Nintendo products in my collection, what, which doesn't include any kind of development hardware or other hard-to-find product. Highlight to reveal answers. Oh, boy. <laughs> you ready, John? Yeah, I, I don't know where to start with this, but let's yeah. give it a go. So, uh, question one. What is the model number designated to optical discs for all Nintendo systems that have, the, that, that have used the format GameCube, Wii, and Wii U? Uh, is it zero zero six zero zero seven zero zero five or zero zero eight? I'm surprised that GameCube, Wii, and Wii U have the same model number for discs. They're, they're very different discs. Yeah, they don't look the same really at all. Um, I'll go. Um, I'll go zero zero eight. But I think, like like most of this, I'm guessing. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm gonna be guessing for most of these. Double oh five. I don't know. <laughs> okay. It is 006. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep track of our points, yeah, but we'll see if we actually, get any. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the big question. Is Are we going to get any points? <laughs> All right. Uh, question two. What is the model number for the Wii U game case? Is it WP007, RVL007, DOL007, or CTR006? Is that 006 here to just throw us off, or is that uh, is that supposed to be the luring answer? I may, my, it might be after that first one. Yeah, I'm. My first thought was W W U P. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go 006. I think that's either there just to throw me off, or, or maybe it's the real one. All right. So CTR. All right. It is RVL 007. The Wii U game Damn case. <laughs> I know. The Wii U game case has the same model number as the Wii game case, even though the logo on the inside is different, at least in the PAL region. Well, there you go. Okay. All right. What is the model number for the 32GB premium black Wii U? Uh, Which actually is the one I have. Uh, WUP101, WUP001. (laughs) Jeez. W, let me go start over. So the first one is WUP101. W, the second is WUP001. W, the third answer is WUP010. Or is it NTR001? Jeez, okay. I think this is 101. I'm going to go 010. I, I have right. no idea. It is 101. Congratulations, John. You got an answer right. I got a point. Yay. <laughs> oh, let's see. Can you catch up, Derek? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. 
What is the model number for the left part of the Wii U vertical stand? Right is W U left part. <laughs> the yeah, because the right is W U P double O nine. So is the uh, so is the left uh, double? It's they're all W U P, but are they double O eight zero one zero double O nine or one zero nine? All right, so it's either so zero zero nine would be an identical model number to the other one. Yes, I I don't think they're the same. I think the orientation's a little di- a little different, so they shouldn't be the same model number mm-hmm. unless they're the exact same. I'm split between one zero nine and zero zero eight, but I don't know how model numbers work at all. <laughs> I'm gonna go zero zero nine because I'm trying to picture if they actually were any different. So I don't know if you could move them around. I'm going to go 109. So it is 009. Stand is two identical identical pieces. They're the same. All right. Nice nice, uh, trick trick question. Yeah. All right. What is the model number for the HDMI cable used with, (laughs) included with the NES Classic? WUP008. Okay. All these end with 008. So WUP, CLV, HAC or, or or RVL. I've got no idea. Um, so the, there's been some kind of value to these these letters. WUP mm. seems to be plastic. I think. Okay. I could be entirely wrong here. So I'd imagine a HDMI cable would be RVL. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna go HAC because I feel like I've seen that somewhere before, but I have no idea where. All right. It is WUP. <laughs> so there's, so there's, no, there's no pattern. There's no here. pattern here whatsoever. <laughs> so the HDMI cable supplied by Nintendo for the mini systems and Nintendo Switch is identical to the one included with the Wii U, except that it is black instead of like gray. It has the same model number. So that's why it's associated with the Wii U. Oh, okay. I see. So I guess there is a bit of continuation with it. I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, Joy-Con R is a, is model number HAC016. Uh, what is Joy-Con L? HAZ, uh, HAC017, HAC016L, uh, HAC015, or a Drift King? <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's a Drift King. Uh, I don't think it could be 016. As far as I'm... Well, I mean, I've been wrong for most of this, but uh-huh. as far as I'm concerned, I don't think you can have identical products... Um, so different-looking products with identical codes. Yeah. Um, maybe that L changes it, though. I'll go... Uh, if I guess if, if right is 16, L would be lower, I think. So I'll go 15. See, I was thinking 15 as well, but maybe it goes the... Japanese way of reading right to left, so I'll go zero one seven just to be different. <laughs> That's good logic. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It is. Ah, dang, I should have stuck with my gut. Zero one five. Ah, nice. <laughs> I like your logic, though. I mean, that would have been cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, well, it could be. All right. Uh, model number WUP zero two seven is what Wii U item? Is that the cradle, uh, the gamepad cradle, the gamepad stand, the gamepad horizontal stand? Or the gamepad AC adapter. That was a horizontal stand? I believe so. Oh, more you know. Yeah. Uh, th- th- this I'm going to go with AC adapter. It sounds like the most random one. 
I'm going to go with the cradle. I don't know. <laughs> All right. It is the horizontal stand. If you've never heard. I've never seen a horizontal stand. <laughs> he, he says, if you've never heard of this, it's a piece of folding plastic included inside the Wii U, Wii Party U game case that makes the game gamepad level. Oh. Um, well, I, never, I never played Wii Party U, so. Yeah, me, me neither. Yeah. All right. What is the no- what is the model number for amiibo figures, not cards? AMB001, WUP030, NVL101, or NVL001? Uh, I feel like it has is, to be AMB. I, I was going to say, is that too obvious? Uh, I, I'll, I'll go for something different. I'll go for WUP. But that's, that's risky. AMB. That usually is associated with Wii U. <laughs> Yeah, I know. My, my my logic for this is they're they're kind of they were Wii U accessories, or they, they're at least marketed as Wii U accessories That's to good start point. with. That is a very good point. All right, it was NVL double uh, one. Of course, it was. I, yeah, that makes complete <laughs> sense. Ah, <laughs> oh, there's where I saw the HAC before. So the Nintendo Switch is a model. The Nintendo Switch is model number HAC double one. What is HAC002? The dock, the pro controller, the AC adapter, or the Joy-Con grip? I'm going to say the So this would be probably the the second most prominent part of the Switch. Which I would say is the dock. Yeah. I'll let you have dock. I'll go, um... I'll go AC adapter. Okay. It is... (laughs) The, uh... The Dash uh, 002 model number is always the AC adapter for Nintendo systems. Oh. So you got it right. All right. Well, Derek, you still have one chance to get to get one of these answers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wait, have I not gotten a single one right yet? I don't think oh, so. Oh, wow. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number 10. Last one. What is the three-letter code for Nintendo 64? No options. Wait, what? <laughs> so, it could be numbers and letters, right? So, I, this is an infinite. It's a three-letter code. So, I'm going to... It says letter code. So, I'm going to guess all letters. Oh, right. God. Uh, I'm going to go... I'm going to go N-U-P. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense to have an N in there. Uh, N... Um, <laughs> I was going to say N64. But <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, my first guess. <laughs> Okay, N-O-G. N-O-G, okay. It is N-U-S, Nintendo Ultra 64. Oh, okay, that that kind of works, yeah. I guess. Dang. I was, I was close. <laughs> we'll give you an ordinary point yeah, there for we go. kind of getting there. Kind of getting there. <laughs> that was a hard quiz. <laughs> I'm sure there's someone listening to this who just who knows all these modern numbers off off by heart. Mm, they're like, oh, it's so yeah, obvious. I, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, how, how could you not know? <laughs> I don't inspect my hardware. It's like, yeah, it works. <laughs> I can play my game uh-huh. now. <laughs> I have glanced at the Joy-Con every now and then. I know, I know, that, I, I don't know off by heart, but I, I knew that the Switch started with um, I forgot what it is now. But it started it started with uh, HAC. Yeah, I have the next to me. I still have. I, I it's right next to me. I have no idea where to look to find it. I guess on the back somewhere, but whatever. Yeah, it's on the back of the Joy-Con, I think. Oh, here we go. The Pro Controller is 
Hold on. Oh, it's hard to see in this light. HAC015 or 8. I can't tell. It's tiny, though. Either way, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that about does it <laughs> for uh, episode 198 of the Game Explained Real Talk podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. And uh, if you enjoyed this, you can uh, support us over on Patreon. Get these podcasts usually three days early every Friday, as well as offering up topics and games like the ones we have here and access to our VIP room in our Discord. In addition, there's the $5 tier, which gets you access to all of our Game Club uh, special uh, features including exclusive streams, uh, uh, watching live recordings of the discussions, uh, getting those the f- fully finished discussions uh, early, and at ten dollars you get behind the behind the scenes tier, uh, so you can see some of the stuff we're never really going to release to the public or stuff that we're going to release way later that you guys can check out for yourself. So yeah, thank you all uh, so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week for episode one hundred and ninety nine. Till then. Bye.